0: They really want us to take a leak on the streets, don't they? Literally. Like, they, they really want us to pop a squat in the middle of the street. Like, they're setting <laughs> us up for failure because exactly. if you're far away from home and there's really nowhere else to go and the one bathroom that's open, they're not allowing it unless you buy something and you don't have money on you you're, and you have to go, you're going to go on the street. And then, right. like, the, and the it's a the McDonald's to bathroom, too. You. Like, they'll find you too if the police spots you too. So it's yes. like they're really trying to set you up to like have to spend the money you don't even have.
1: Yeah. And can't you get arrested on public indecency for peeing in public? Yes. Yeah. It's just like a setup. Yes.
0: I was so scared when like I found a random trash can. Like, lucky, lucky me, it wasn't really too in the way, but like it was still like there, visible. Like, lucky me, I found like a trash can and all, but it's like, yo. Y'all could have just let me use the bathroom. Like, are you serious right now? Like, if I was somebody who was disrespectful, I would have popped the spot right on your floors and y'all would have had to clean it up.
1: Direct action. Right, direct
0: action. Like, you don't want to meet my demands? Well, then I'm going to make my demands get (laughs) paid.
2: Good afternoon, this is your captain speaking with just a little flight information. We're flying at an altitude of 37,000 feet and our airspeed is 400 miles an hour. Couple little facts here. I'm packing a Colt King Cobra. That's a 357-caliber firearm with a black rubber grip and a six-inch barrel, capable of piercing body armor at a distance of up to 27 feet. And I can put a hole in human bone and flesh the size of the Grand Canyon, which, by the way, is coming up on the left-hand side of the plane. So just sit back and relax and enjoy the rest of the plane.
3: No, not you. Not you. Your organization. Should I tell you? Should I tell you? Oh, you Boy Scout, you know life. You know life. You know I'm totally off script
0: right now. Since the, like, for the past few days, since the last things I've been doing was City Hall, the fact that that's tearing apart and I haven't really been keeping up with everything else, like, made me think, oh my God, the movement is really, like, dying again. But, like, at the same time, there's still a lot of protests going on. And then, like, I saw, like, a whole group of bikers um, like oh driving, like biking by, like the city hall area, and it was like humongous. The, they did, they had a lot of covers. So I'm like, okay, good. Let's hope that the movement hasn't died yet. So let me just like keep up with everything else, especially the biking Instagram, so that I can okay. go bike with them as well.
2: I mean, I think that like with the Occupy things, like they, they're very good for like learning. They're good for like meeting people and organizing. Right. But when it comes to actually maintaining them to get your goals, it's like so much more work
0: than it's yeah. worth. A lot especially of the time. since the goal, like, yeah, you're you're right. Like, especially since like the goal that was that was, you know, that we were fighting for is already like long past. So it's like it, it it's difficult to like keep an occupy going. But then it's even more difficult when the goal has failed to be achieved. Because if it, it had we gotten like. You know, the, the police defunded by a billion, then there would be like a lot more celebration and it would last like a lot more smoother than it is now. But since, you know, the, the government, the New York City Council, they be shady or whatever, it was it really wasn't like achieved. And it just like fizzled out after that.
2: Yeah, which is sad. Yeah. But I think also sort of what I was expecting
1: they said it was temporary anyway right so it was kind of expected mm-hmm. to be fizzle out at some point
0: right right yeah
2: so it's like,
1: like it went on a lot longer than i expected it to and i'm happy about that
2: oh yeah that's, that's true sort of like with what happened in seattle it, it's sort of a good thing that the organizers made sure to like ended after they knew they weren't getting the demands because well also I, I haven't really followed Seattle as closely but from what I've heard it also got really bad in the end like there was a lot of just like segregation and not cool things happening and then the police came and like shut it down so I feel like oh God. better to end it before the police come and like actually shut it down as yeah. opposed
0: See? to but like that, that's the thing like while the, while the whole like when i when i say like occupy city hall fizzled out the only thing that actually fizzled out fizzled out was the title the goal that was trying to be achieved and then like the amount of people that are going there and 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 the types of people that are going there but some of the like the organizers that are left they're trying to keep it going for i don't know how long but, like, their plan was supposedly to, like, keep it going until they figure out a next direct action and then, like, transition into that. But for now, they just turned City Hall into um, something called Abolition Plaza. Mm-hmm. And they essentially, like, hold that space in order to, like, you know, give teachings and, like, you know, get to know people and stuff like that. So it's more like of a of a community service type of thing as opposed to, like, you know. a a part of a movement like that's taking its next next steps or whatever so it's like it's dying still but they're trying so hard to keep it going right which is unfortunate because the fact that the goal that we were fighting for was not achieved makes it that much more difficult to like keep it alive and it's just like basically like a burning plane like and you're trying to like you know land it to safety but it's just like not flying enough it's just stalling
1: yeah i feel that but I also think that even if this movement dies, the original will have inspired lots of people to do movements similar to it. And right. that's, that's already like a success. <laughs> well,
2: that's like one thing I, one of the main reasons I actually wanted to do an episode was to sort of talk about that. Because I remember when Nadia and I first got there on Saturday night, um, the, the, the Saturday night that we were there. Um, it was, they like, they had a direct action teaching and like they were explaining very much like, this is direct action, here's what direct action is. And I sort of got the sense that they're taking the mindset of, okay, like, yeah, a lot of Americans literally have never heard of direct action as a concept before. We're hmm. going to teach them so they can use it later. So I wanted to sort of talk about to what extent like each of us encountered that and um, how we think maybe the camp, even if they didn't get their budget demands, handled teaching uh, things like organizing history while it was in its height.
0: So given that that the While while Occupy City Hall was Occupy City Hall, there were a lot of things that even like some of the organizers had to like you know go through learning experiences as well. So it's like for me, I didn't understand like the concept of a direct action until like I experienced um, being at City Hall and like seeing all these people that are here and everyone is essentially on the same mindset. They feel empowered. They feel like they have a voice. They feel like you know, essentially in sync as to what they were fighting for we were all there because we wanted the police to be funded and we wanted you know the the, the 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 finances to re to be reallocated into what actually matters not just some other thing that will ultimately you know um benefit the nypd at the end so it's like it w- it, it was definitely a learning experience and i did see like improvements happen like as the days went by i didn't start showing up until like the third day of the occupy so I, I, but like from what I heard, like there was a little less organization back then, but then like they improved on that. And then like, I saw the improvement of when like the police tried to like raid us, in, you know, during the night. And like, they learned to like lock arms and like other countermeasures to prevent them from breaking and like shutting everything down. So it was like, it it, it, it it was a lot of learning and there was a lot of coordination. And and it it, it was basically like, an uphill battle that unfortunately ultimately failed but we basically learned that concept of you know direct action and unified action because we were all there specifically for one reason.
1: I also feel like um, I personally knew about direct action and these types of protests but I'd never had the opportunity to be part of them and actually participating in one and starting it was always daunting. It was always like one of those things that's like, I wish I could do this, but I'm too afraid to start it myself. And then having been part of that and learning and seeing how well people can cooperate kind of quelled that fear. Like it made it a lot. It made something that seems impossible way more possible.
2: That, yeah, no, there's the whole time I was thinking of um, of Vladimir Lenin quote, regardless of what our listeners may think of Vladimir Lenin as as a historical figure, he does have some like really relevant quotes. And one was like, um, God, I'm gonna paraphrase, but it's something like, it's one thing to write about a revolution, it's another to actually partake in it. And I think that that was sort of the energy at City Hall, was you have a lot of people who they've read about these types of actions, they've written about the need for them, but they themselves, uh, myself included, has never had the opportunity to partake in something like this. And it really is a, like, even if you feel like you have learned a lot, and I do think you can learn a lot from like reading history of action, you learn a lot more from actually being there. And I do kind of feel like these things are game changers in that they're gonna fail a lot at first, because it's been who knows how long since anyone's done them, but that they are actually giving people teaching experience or learning
0: experiences. Not to mention that when it comes to like things like this, and uprising against essentially a tyrant—that is the government, the council, the NYPD—it's it, it, also it's also evident that a lot of failures are going to happen. Because while we do have support and we do have like people providing for us. We don't necessarily have the resources that allow us to be so incredibly, like, organized that we can actually stand up to forces such as the NYPD. We don't have enough inside intel that the NYC council or any other part of the government would have, like the FBI and stuff like that. We don't have said resources in order for us to even be able to, like, avoid multiple failures. So I I do agree that that it's definitely, like, evident that a lot of failures will happen because... Aside from everything that just mentioned, we're not necessarily, like, getting support from the very people who are pressing us in the first place. Mm-hmm. And they have a lot, a lot of money and resources to back them up. So it doesn't matter what anyone does. Like, they're covered. Absolutely covered. Whereas we just got together out of, you know, sense, not, not necessarily, like, spontaneity, but, like, it, 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 it's kind of that. Because we just got together, and you know, people people made like a, a a a battle cry essentially, and other the general public joined. But like nobody really like had any like solid idea as to like how things are, are are supposed to be ran, because they've been taught to like live regular lives, and they haven't really been taught to like rebel against you know an entire system.
1: Plus, not to mention the NYPD has like tons of weapons, and we have. <laughs> Our face shields and our goggles and our right.
2: <laughs> Uh, not Nadia, I think you were saying, yeah, you were, that Um, as much as I hate to admit it, they easily could have broken the lines if they wanted to. They could have. Uh, it was just kind of, I guess, not worth the effort, which I do think that even then, like creating a line still did a thing. Like if we all just sat there, then yeah, of course they would have shut down the camp a lot earlier. But yeah, it's definitely going to be a while before anyone actually can, like, completely keep a space away from the the NYPD. One thing I also wanted to talk about is, like, since both of you have been to marches, and I guess this, this is sort of a comparing apples to oranges, but do we think there's sort of, like, a difference in pros and cons between one of those, like, occupies, occupying space, and then sort of a moving
0: protest
2: like a march? Like, what do we think the benefits and negatives of
0: each are? So the the benefits, I would say, about the marches is, is that there is a collective of loud voices that is moving around a variety of areas. So it's not just one specific place that hears you. It's a variety of places that hear you even, you know, for a moment. And it, and, it, and it also, like, brings, like, a lot of coverage and awareness as well. More people get to see you and more people have to hear you. And it also, like, brings out the the, 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 the racists and the people who are totally, like, against the movement out. Like, I've been, I, I've been in a march that began in 14th Street and it went, like, somewhere uptown near 42nd. And there was there was the neighborhood that we reached, and like a few people came out of their windows just to like flip us off. And that's when we were like, "Yo, if this doesn't scream racism is real and, and, and all that, I don't know what does." Like they were really just like out there, like "fuck all of y'all, y'all are all crazy," like blah blah blah. Why can't you just like let things be? And I'm like, no, the "Let like, things be is terrible." Right, right. Exactly. So it's like with a with a with a with a mobile protest, more people get to hear you and like the loud voices of multiple people like resonates throughout more of the city. There's more coverage. Whereas an Occupy, even though it is one place, it is there for multiple amounts of times and it, and it gains a lot of like media coverage from that one spot. Uh, the fact that there's like a, vari- a a lot of security also like you know alarms like people who are watching as well and people who are there. so it also like brings coverage there and it actually lasts a lot longer, believe it or not than a, a, a protest where you would like march because when you march you march for a couple of hours but when you're in a w- but when you're in an occupy it's for days and days or however long you know amount of times on end until like either decision day or like goal day comes and stuff like that. so it lasts a lot longer most definitely. And with a lot more resources as well. So it's not just your voice. It's also like accommodations, information, food, housing. Well, not housing, but like places to stay and stuff like that.
1: I believe that you need both. I know that that, that wasn't the question, but you definitely need the Occupy and the march. Both disrupt in their own ways. And I mm-hmm. feel like in the moment, the marches disrupt more. It Like more all in one time because with a right. march, you can gain people, you can stop traffic, you can have protect a lot of protection if you're in the middle of the march from the cops, But uh, and you can get attention, you can wake people up as we were doing, you can march in the middle of the night and go to Senator's houses and be annoying and flash your lasers into people's windows to make them pay attention to you and call the people out that are sitting and eating right. in their... In their restaurants doing nothing like as if we aren't in a civil rights movement and say, <laughs> join us, you can you have to stop ignoring us. We're right in front of you. But with the occupy, you can organize ideas, you can kind of collect information about your surroundings and move forward and without the organizing the marches eventually will fizzle out without people planning.
0: Right. Also, I was about to say that too,
1: it's also safer in the occupy because you're surrounded by people, a lot of whom are who are experienced, who are medics, and you're making a barricade, and you're less likely to be portrayed as a riot. That's the other problem with a march: the media can easily go, "Look at all these crazy protesters! They're being disruptive and horrible, and we hate them." But with an occupy, it's very hard to do that when you see people mm-hmm. making art and singing songs and doing plays and reading books and talking and organizing. I also want to point out, randomly, that uh, the Occupy did more to, than just to help the movement. It helped vulnerable people, like homeless that. people. We helped a lot of homeless people eat and feel safe. And I don't, you don't get that with a march, but it's necessary to community building.
0: And then, like, when it, when it comes to, like, the cons between a, a, a march versus an Occupy, like, the concept of a march is that it, it fizzles out, like, incredibly fast because it does only last, like, a few hours on end, like, each time. Um, but it's, like, you know, it's not, it's not much of a problem because there have been a lot of marches going on to begin with. But it's, like, it, it, it's more, like, you know, shouting and, like, you know, letting people know what's up and stuff like that. But then, like, it just, like, fizzles out way too quickly. Whereas with an Occupy, while it doesn't fizzle out really quickly, if it does fizzle out, it fizzle out it, it fizzles out ungracefully. Because like with a Marchie, it, it may fizzle out, but you know, it's with grace and dignity. It's not trying to like keep going and, and so desperately to like, you know, trying to convert into something else and then like keep going. But with an Occupy, like if it is to fizzle out, it's it becomes really difficult to do that because not everyone wants to go because they have that sense of like comfort from, you know, a community that actually like accepts them for, you know, whatever background they come from. And it's like, with with, with, a, with an Occupy, the fizzling out is not necessarily like in high graces. And then like, you have to like pack up everything that was put there as well. And then you gotta worry about, you know, being stopped on the way out and stuff like that. So, so, so it's like, it's difficult for an Occupy to fizzle out like gracefully, unless like the goal has been met.
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
2: I do, you guys both just covered a few things, uh, basically doing my job for me, because those were the things I was going to ask, but I forgot. (laughs) Nadia, it was, yeah, no, the mutual aid that you talked about, like a lot of the feeding people, clothing people, that's one thing I want to get into, because I think that perhaps if there is anything to be gained from an Occupy, I mean, well, I think there's multiple things to be gained from an Occupy, but I think like if there was one thing that really was gained from an Occupy, it's that. In its best moments, it did prove that police are irrelevant. I know there were, and there's there's getting worse cases of harassment of um, abusers, but I do know that also, at least in the earlier stages, when there were abuse, it was at least at least from my outside understanding addressed. Like people were like, no, like if we find out a person is causing a recurring harassment, we are going to remove them. Um, and then I think, and then the taking care of food, uh, Steven, I know you mentioned that like while stealing is bad in the early stages, stealing was like not a thing. Um, right,
0: non-existent. So I
2: think is- that's, or, yeah, no, I think that's um, sort of the, the benefit that if you can find a way to maintain all the best things of the Occupy, it does actually like literally demonstrate what the world can look like without policing.
0: See, yeah. and it's crazy, like, about the, the, the whole, like, uh, addressing of harassment and, like, stealing. Like, any issues that go on in, 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 in an Occupy, from my experience, they most definitely do get addressed. And, like, people do have conversation about it. But it's, like, it, uh, it, it also is, like, very defeating to do so because when it does get addressed, the only people who listen are the ones who already know what's up. They already know better than to harass someone. They already know better than to steal. Yeah. But then like, as people who are the perpetrator, who would be the perpetrators, they're never around. They're usually like at the outskirts of the, uh, of the camp. So it's like, it, it, it's difficult to resolve the problem as like, it, it's good to address it, but it's really difficult to resolve because the people who should be having said conversations are never there or rarely ever there. So it's like, the, 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 the issue of black women being overspoken, um, uh, it be, being spoken over by men, and then, like the issue of like sexual harassment and stealing, it's been addressed multiple times, but we go nowhere because the people who would be the ones to do said things are never around. And if they are around, then their egos are still too strong to like to listen and things like that. So it's like it it, it becomes disastrous. And then, like you take into account that multiple people walk in and out of that place a day. So it's like the people you see and spoke to to today may not be the same people you see and speak to tomorrow. So like it it, it makes it difficult, especially like post, you know, decision day to like continue to try to resolve those issues because after decision day and the conversion of the Occupy to like a, 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 a sort of like a community building space, you get multiple people from a variety of different, you know, walks of life like walking in and out of that place and there's never really a consistent group of people there to like actually know what's going on so it's like they don't know the area and they're new so they're just like gonna take advantage and like do what they want and they're like you know they leave and then the next day somebody else comes after it's been addressed and then the same thing happens again it's like rinse and repeat mm-hmm. I also I, feel like, oh, sorry.
2: Not an i was time.
1: gonna say that i feel like um the reason that the stealing and the harassment and stuff like that was kind of under control for the first week. But then it seemed like it fizzled out later was probably because the original organizers had only committed to that space till around Tuesday and then mm-hmm. They kept ca- they stayed longer. But once they handed it over to abolition Plaza, It wasn't the same people. And I think right. it was very success. I think they had a lot of success in reminding consistently consistently like making announcements that we, when a black woman speaks, we listen. When if there is to be no, like sexual harassment will not be tolerated. And I think saying all that kind of stuff and reminding it, even if you get different people, if you say it all over, it inspires the people that are already there to keep that in mind and remind people who haven't heard it. Um, right. And I also think, wow, my train of thought left, sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, anybody, There was there were people that were saying that if you have a problem, we'll protect you i remember hearing that well that's how we met <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's how we met
2: Stephen. for anyone listening
1: <laughs> that's, that's true we were supposed to like be on watch for sexual harassment in the middle of the night so that mm-hmm. people could feel safer and i mean while i think everybody was a little too distracted with the police presence to sexually harass anyone <laughs> Right. <laughs> um, the fact that we had that gotten that set up very quickly was just like an example of what happens when you keep educating people about, like, when you implore people to be on watch and participate and not just be a bystander. Right. I also want to go back. Uh, you said that you, that you, as in Sam, said that uh, the community pretty much met everybody's needs, and you were super right about that. Uh, I want to bring attention to the fact that I had packed a huge backpack full of stuff because I thought I would have needed all of it (laughs) only to find that I wasn't every most needs that I would have had concerns over were met like there was constant food constant water I didn't really need money for anything I mean if I needed to escape I probably would have needed money but (laughs) I didn't need to buy any clothes because there were like they were handing out socks and stuff like that they had charging stations they had pillows and blankets. They had um, just medical supplies, sunscreen, everything. Oh, wait, 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 wait. And for anyone listening, you didn't have to pay for it.
2: That's no, you right. You can give it. people things without expecting something in return.
1: No, it was really a fresh look into how community can take care of people through just everybody donating everything, like, okay, yeah, you didn't need a, to- like, yeah, somebody had to pay for it, it was paid for by a collective of donations, but right. put that on a larger scale, tax the people with money, like, a little money. bit, Don't even tax them. I know, I mean, just, <laughs> in theory, for the people that aren't as far left as you are, uh, tax people with money, put it into the community, and never have to worry about your needs, be- somebody's needs being met again, like, It's not hard to imagine. Everybody thinks it's this abstract idea, but it's super basic.
0: And I can actually, like, bounce off of that by confirming that, that, like, I also thought I needed to, like, bring money too. And then, like, when I realized everything was free, like, it's not that I, I... Became, you know, the, the 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 need for me to have money on me was useless because I still took like the train sometimes. Right. But it's like the only other time besides the train that I would ever like use money was when I was craving like things like a soda or like a, a like right. a cheeseburger or something like that. But like for the most part, they had like hot foods of a variety of kinds and like they had water, Gatorade, they had some juices sometimes and stuff like that. But you know, given that I'm a sodaholic, I sometimes <laughs> go to you know, the store that like, w- whatever surrounding store that offers in I which just like, get me a soda, he- you know, here and there. But it's like, for the most part, my experience was free. And like, the only thing I had to pay for was what, you know, whatever cravings that I was having that they didn't happen to have, but they had like mostly everything. It was literally like your own mini society Within that one leg like, space, that was free of policing, and that was free of like you know having to like pay sometimes ridiculous prices for everything, and it, it it was really like relaxing, especially like when you're surrounded by many people who are here to like understand you and like accept you and like express themselves in the process as well.
2: Yeah, I did want to talk about also just like you talk about like on a practical level what we got from the camp, but I do want to talk about on an emotional level because I think. Every single one of us was, like, very touched by it in different ways. So to the extent we're all cool talking about it, I'd love to also just reflect on, like, personally what we think um, experiencing something like that did.
0: So when I first started showing up to the Occupy, and I realized that I was basically more than safe to, like, be my authentic self, I am a gender nonconforming guy, so whether I dress more masculine or feminine or androgynous is basically up to me what I feel like. So I can't really do that in my own neighborhood. I live in the Bronx, and when you live in a neighborhood like the Bronx, you're you're more likely to experience like threats of violence and like you know ridiculing things like that just for simply existing as who you are. So when I so being in Occupy City Hall actually like gave me that sense of peace that I can literally walk around and not really like watch where I like, you know, watch where I'm going or like watch how I dress or like hide, you know, whatever I have under like, you know, in a, a button up shirt for when I get to like where I'm trying to get and stuff like that. And seeing that I do get I did get like a lot of love for just like being who I am. It made me feel so incredibly happy. Like I, I experienced like true freedom for that time being. And it felt absolutely great. And it made me want to fight even more. And it made me feel super empowered. Um, and, and then, like, hearing other people's stories, too, and, like, having like let, like them listening to me as I told my story, I, I felt seen, I felt heard, and I felt accepted. And, and it's like, I've had my moments where I've gotten very emotional, too. And I just, like, broke down into tears. Because it's like, I've been fighting, essentially, like, all of my life since I discovered and became comfortable with myself. Just to be myself, mm-hmm. I've been fighting for so long that when I finally got that taste of it, all I like all I wanted to do was like shed tears of joy because this is what I've wanted like basically like for so many years. So it's like that was a really like incredible feeling.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I felt inspired by the people because it's really easy to lose hope in people when you're surrounded by negativity and just the well I guess not people but society um because I don't know just you know for the past forever it's been things just seem to be getting worse but when you see a collective of people all band together and support each other without question and without like needing to gain anything from it it really inspires you that change can happen and it will happen and this world is ours and we can make what we want happen if we really put our minds to it there was a lot of fear but you know i still i i think i got a lot of inspiration from this
2: well that's like one thing that i think it felt easy like just being in there it felt like okay like if if this you know minus like the the problems that were there or minus the uh, fact that it's a like very small section of the world right now if the world was like that life was was easy, not just in that like you've had food provided for you and all but just like Like I, I, I can't relate to um, like the gender nonconforming problems. I can't a little bit. I'm, I'm more flamboyant than most men but definitely definitely not to the extent where it's like Cause too much problems for me, but being uh, having a social disability there's always that fear of like, how are people going to react to you just not being able to immediately click with whatever they're like. And I think obviously going into any space and especially a space like that with like so many different communities that I'm not regularly a part of, it's like, okay, like, will I actually be able to uh, connect with people? And I, after a while, it was like, yeah, no one's going to, if you can't like, talk the way they do if you can't like get out a sentence as easily you're like uh, physically move the same way like they don't care that's the point of this is that they don't care and i think um just knowing that not just that that is a, a community that was able to exist but that that's sort of the I think the natural state of people, like I got that that's like when you get rid of policing and when you get rid of like the things that make people angry, the natural thing is for everyone to just be like, yeah, fine. Like, let's get along. I think was very uplifting, uplifting for me, for sure.
1: That same hatred of like that bigotry that you experience where people are like hateful because you're feminine, that affects, you know, a lot of people too. Like, I I feel like I felt safe there, even though I was a woman, even though there were people that said that there was sexual harassment going on, when I heard that people would defend, that more people are going to defend against the one or two outliers there. And it's, it's a shame that, that that sexism and that hatred of femininity and that homophobia and just transphobia and everything exists outside of spaces like that. But I think Sam's right that once you get rid of that bigotry and once people teach each other that hate is bad and that like, you know, once you get rid of that bias, the natural state is to protect one another regardless of those differences. And especially yeah. your speeches, Stephen. Your speeches really got to a lot of people, I could tell. For people well,
2: for people listening, we we recognized Stephen before we actually started talking yes. talking to Stephen. We
1: knew who you were before he made we a,
2: knew you. a march. Uh, no, a, a speech in the march. And like throughout the time people kept coming up and being like, That speech you made that one time, like it really mm-hmm. hit
1: me. And like, and yeah, it was too. We were at that march, uh, yeah. the one
2: that's probably like going to
1: Corey Johnson's house and oh, yeah, stop yeah, everyone. I
0: that one. Yeah, mm-hmm. like he I stopped can...
1: everyone to be like, guys, stop with the infighting, you know. And then gave you gave your speech and everything. And I think it made everybody, you know, really get on that level.
0: <laughs> See, it's funny because like I was I, I I've been getting that like a lot like for the past few days I've been hearing like a lot of people saying oh I heard you speak at this at, at this march and it really like moved me and it, like it made me feel really 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 good because mm-hmm. it's like. The way the way I see it, a lot of the things we can't really achieve is we're it's mostly because we're too busy worrying about each other's differences. Mm-hmm. So it's like I always I, I spent years ranting about how the reason one of the reasons we can never achieve you know true like equality is because of all the infighting, and then like I I, I finally like get to like voice that out during all the protests and stuff like that, and like to get people like you know to let me know that they hear me and that they most definitely like resonate with what i say like it feels it feels really good and i think one of the one of the most effective ways to like start the decline of bigotry and hate and all the phobias and stuff like that is essentially to like learn one's history the reason a lot of people of color specifically hate each other today is because of what's been taught to our ethnic, ethnic backgrounds and races like what's been taught like over the course of years and years and years and generations and generations of the past so it's like colonizers came they introduced differences they took the different the the petty differences that their slaves had and they made it bigger they made it And this is something i learned when, when i was when i was in lehman college i i there was this um passage this piece of writing called how to make a slave by someone named willie lynch and one of the things that, that he had said in order to like make slaves and like keep and stay control in, in control of them is that they have to take the petty differences and they have to make it bigger. You have to pitch man against boy, you have to pitch man against woman, light skinned black people versus dark skinned black people, mm-hmm. hair type versus this hair type, old versus young, and then add like a white servant and then make that white servant more trustworthy and more worth you know everything than the darker slaves so they do this conditioning for years and years and years and they make sure that the only people that the slaves trusted were their white slave owners so that when generations and generations pass it gets to a point where the slave owners know they don't even have to lift a finger anymore they it, it just be, it just gets to the point where like the slaves teach it to themselves and it just gets passed down generation on generation like mm-hmm. i've grown up when i when i was a child i used to i remember like growing up being taught to be afraid of black people me being black myself but at the yeah, at this time it was thought that because you're dominican you're not black
1: mm-hmm.
0: and in reality dominicans are black people we're just in spanish and we were like taken to a different island but at the end of the day we still had European as the colonizers. It's just a different language. So it's like, I used to grow up like being afraid of like black people because they were portrayed to be basically like the delinquents and the ones who cause trouble and that they mean malice. And then like, I I was taught to believe that the white people are the decent people and that they're the ones who, you know, you should be friends with because they'll, they'll, they're the ones that like give like a, you know, the best idea of what life is like and good stuff like that. So it's like, It's just an example of what generations and generations of mental conditioning and mental slavery does. Like, we teach it to ourselves and it's up to us to understand that history and break it down, which is why I said, you know, learning your history is like a great beginning to like ending a lot of phobias that we have today.
1: I didn't even have any idea that it was like that. Like, I didn't realize that you would be taught that you're separate, like, and that there are petty differences that... Uh, keep you guys apart, but that's how they keep us down. If we're all too busy fighting with each other, then we're not going to realize that we can unite against them and dismantle their power system. Right. So it's good that you say all that because people need to hear it. I think the organizers at Occupy kind of like did everything right. They were really good, and something, and the fact that they taught people how to kind of. Like, they kept holding teach-ins and sit-ins on how Which to organize and how to abolish stuff or how to be an al- al- abolitionist and stuff like that. I think that's the kind of stuff that's going to get more people involved. But It made it less
2: daunting, for sure.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. the other thing I was going to bring up. Part of why I think a lot of people won't don't go out is because they have fears. They have fears that they're going to get attacked by the cops. Or that maybe I, maybe they're just socially anxious, and being in a large crowd scares them, or something like that. And uh, yeah, portraying these protests protests in a positive light does push people to go more. I think. And unfortunately, our lovely media is doing a lot to not do that. <laughs> they love but to But not News Dive Radio. They're either completely ignoring us, or framing it in a way that makes us look bad. Or on a separate note. Like, what I've been hearing personally on the news is that, like, okay, they're, they're taking this concept that a lot of people are dying from recent shootings. Oh, hi! <laughs> yeah you're here.
2: Oh, wait, are we joined? Oh. Steven's here! The gang is <laughs> hey,
1: together! <you're. laughs> What's up? Sorry,
2: I'm late. No, you're good, you're see. good.
1: It's okay. Anyway, what I was saying was, yeah, so the media hey. is taking cases of, like, recent shootings. Like, apparently there's a lot more shootings in New York City. I don't know why that is, but they're spinning the narrative that it's because that we need cops more at a time like this. And the cops aren't responding because they're too busy with the protests and people want police around. And it makes people be wary of the idea of defunding the police by a billion dollars because they don't realize how much friggin' money they already get. And also, even
2: before that, they were blaming the pandemic, Mm -hmm. even when there was no evidence that protests were causing a rise in cases. I mean, I personally think protests will cause a rise in cases but that doesn't excuse the fact that if you're reporting on a rise in cases and blaming it on the protests before that's actually an option then you're clearly trying to spin a narrative to shut these things down
1: right and there's no no perspective on what defunding the police could do there's no like i heard them mention occupy city hall on the news for like a second and I ran to see what was going on and it was like some some of the organizers I think speaking and it flashed to them for like literally less than a minute and then it was they were off that topic completely. Well like, what always gets to me is the
2: night, that the day we were in the city for the protest, uh, every cable news channel, we got back home and we were flipping through, it was mostly CNN and MSNBC, but I think we flipped through a few. And they have reporters, every channel had reporters covering riots in cities they're not even based in, but they barely even showed the plenty of videos that were taken of police attacking protesters, uh, literally ramming cars into protesters. You, know, like you have to go on Twitter to find that stuff. And it just shows like, and then meanwhile, police have the audacity to throw tantrums and say that the media is making them look bad. It's like, no, the media is going out of their way they to really make the are. police
3: look good and so i think that is one thing that yeah it's just like that's sorry i was just gonna say it's like that's how that's how like nasty and just like toxic the police are that even when the media is going out of their way to try to make them look good or try to make the opposing parties look bad it's like you still you still can't help but make them look bad And I also want to say
2: around it, even on like the flip side of that, even when the police are targeting journalists and blinding them, the media doesn't want to cover state violence, you know, much. So I think it really is. That is one of the bigger challenges we're looking at is how do you build a successful movement when not just one power, but every power is against you. Like my typical criticism That I bring on the show every episode is that I think the media has way more power than people realize. And I think, you know, obviously, if very big financed outlets were covering this, it wouldn't change everything. But I do think one benefit of if you look at historically, the civil rights movement uh, is they knew how to get the press on their side, they knew how to use uh, media to gain sympathy from even neutral people. Um, There was a lot of work put into, okay, how do we get our narrative uh, more coverage? And I think that that's one thing that a lot of newer movements don't really view as necessary. They think that as long as you're united against the government, you know, people don't like the media. People know the media, for the most part, is biased, so they don't put effort into working with um, against against corrupt media and I think that that is one thing we benefit from is to actually put a lot of effort into not just building power against government forces but building power against corporate media forces
0: I, I have a huge issue with the media because it's not them trying to twist things in like the favor of the police and all that good stuff it's also the fact that they don't really cover anything unless it's like huge like scandalous and like you know there's huge buzz over it and everybody's talking about it like i know somebody who um who is a reporter for like like news in spanish and he told he, he let me know that if you know if there are any like big protests going on to so, like, let him know and he'll be he'll gladly cover it and all that but like and, and then like i asked him what do you mean like by big protests and he's like you know the ones with like many people in it and it's like this huge thing. And then I'm like, see, that's where the issue with media coverage lies. You guys are looking for like mass protests. You're not really paying attention to the ones that are basically left with the people who are actually like devoted to the movement. So it's like the media media and like the news reporters, they would rather cover the people that are in that, in, in those protests for the moment as opposed to for the actual movement itself.
2: And then and they also, really even as these things go on, they stop. Like, I mean, uh, I think one thing is, is Flint, Michigan. I know Puerto Rico's been going through a lot of devastation after the hurricane, and that you could you could do so much. Uh, journalists could do so much to actually address power imbalances if they covered these things consistently, but they don't. They like make a story the big thing of the week or the month and then drop it and you know have no responsibility uh have no interest in actually challenging power they just want money and i think that that does you know whether people realize it or not it impacts how they respond to um events i think it's like second nature for us to react to these things based on how media is presenting them. And so uh, I think that people don't just like get involved in these protests when they're hot because they want to get involved in these protests because they're hot. They get involved because whether they realize it or not, the media is making the protest a hot thing and then drops it and people aren't hearing about
1: it. Right. So it loses momentum. In order for it to keep momentum, Like, I I know that there's still a lot of people on social media that are gunning real hard to make sure that nobody forgets that this is still happening. But, you know, inevitably, when every TV station that you're casually watching, and eventually the people who weren't dedicated to the protests stop posting about them, they kind of lose interest because they think it's over. Like, they don't know any better. Unfortunately, like, I want to give credit to people, but... If you're not keeping up with this and you're not going out of your way to keep up with it you don't know any better because you to what you're seeing like i just started seeing people react to the yemen crisis which has been a problem for a long time but like all of a sudden it had a moment where people were like oh this is a thing i care about this because they're good people but they didn't hear about it and then just as fast i stopped hearing about it
0: and it's like i i can also like to add on to that it's also, like, people be really, really, like, their their intentions aren't necessarily, like, true enough for even, to, to even, like, make this thing, like, continue being, like, you know, something that's, like, media worthy, something that's worth, like, everyone knowing. Like, yesterday, I was at a protest, and, like, do like there, there was a there was a person in a in a in a suv who tried to run everyone over when we were trying to like blockade the um the streets for to make way for us and the people that were there they happened to be mta workers like the new the, the new york city transit and we 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 were able to like get like you know actual like photos of it and there was like a little bit of like media coverage but there was literally one reporter there and it's like I, told, I posted it on my page and I told people to share the hell out of it because this has to be shared like around the freaking country so people can know that the movement is far from over. And it's because of incidents like this that we have to keep making this a big thing. But while a lot of people did share, it wasn't like, you know what, how it, it wasn't the same amount as somebody would share like a celebrity's photo or like right. so, some some sort of like you know sexual image of somebody who posted and stuff like that, and it really like disappointed me too because a lot of the people who see these who see these things they personally know me as well so it's like for you to sit there and understand that i need people to share this and then you just like give it a like and then move on that's not doing anything i'm not doing this so you guys can like this i'm doing this so you guys can like spread it across instagram
2: and the, what annoys me the most is they think that we don't see it like yes. they right. really think that no one notices and it's like right. no like people that, people but, see but, that and let wait me people tell you. see what you but people what can see the difference between like this is an important like thing about stuff going on in the world getting like less likes than, oh, some cute, fun picture.
1: Right.
0: I guarantee
3: you, oh, yeah.
0: I guarantee you that if, if if it was like the whole post about Nicki Minaj's new song, which involves her rapping about her pussy and how much she get money yet again, yet again, <laughs> that shit would be like, oh, the latest this installment. is insolvent. This is so creative, yo. She she's the queen. That's mad different. And I'm like, she's rapping about the same thing yet again. (laughs) This is no different than all her last few songs, her last few albums. Why is this getting more traction? (laughs) This shit that actually matters, and that is exactly why. It's because it's the whole celebrity, and like they're more about like you know living the simple like kumbaya life than actually acknowledging that shit is going on and actually doing something about it.
2: I There's do enough- want to say, though, yeah. that uh, for those listening, News Dive does not necessarily indicate any anti Nicki Minaj views. Uh, oh, yeah. These are entirely that. the opinions of our guests. Right. Just so you know. Right. No. Because like, I, <laughs> I, 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 re- I can't take the heat. You know, I already get enough that, political like, don't,
0: Right. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> I do not hate Nicki Minaj. So, like, to people Me who fish. listen, don't think I'm a whole hater or whatever. It's like, I'm just saying the truth. Like, people would rather listen to the same type of lyrics than actually like hear about things that are going on today that are very real and should be like, you know, rectified and should have been rectified years and decades and like ages ago. So it's like it's not it's not about this isn't about whether yeah. I like her, you know, Nicki Minaj or not. This is not about that. This is a comparison of people's interests and what they care to actually go out of their way and post on their page.
1: And that also ties back to what we were saying, because guess what the media is going to cover? Nicki Minaj. Like, whatever is popular, whatever is fun and easy to digest, like, I'll see all these Mm -hmm. stories, we'll be like, Whatever whatever you don't have to think about
3: or act on. What? Whatever you don't have to think about or act on, basically. Mm -hmm. Essentially. Whatever's easy.
1: Yeah, unfortunately. So how do we move forward with this? That's still the question. And it's still a question that I don't really have an answer to. I <laughs> think what really out.
2: needs to happen is you don't make it easy. You don't, in in whatever way, you don't let people off the hook. Right. And that that that's, there's a bigger question of how do you do that. But I do think it's sort of a, as long as people, I mean, we sort of saw that with the riots, like, when people don't have the option of ignoring these things, they don't. When they do have the option, they don't act on it. So it's kind of a case of how do you get people to pay attention? And I think that was, you know, with, despite all the benefits of Occupy, we sort of talked about this last, uh, you know, segment. It was out of the way for a lot of people. A lot of people were able to ignore it. And I think that you start incorporating, and a lot of successful movements did do this, incorporate protests that people notice, whether that's organizing a strike or whether it's, you know, organizing regular sit-ins so that you have multiple locations that are inconveniencing people. you know, that is you get a lot of hate, but you also make it impossible for people to act like this isn't going on.
1: Right. And then you also have to then, Spin the narrative that just because you're inconvenienced doesn't mean that cops or other people get to have the right to beat us because Or like you you sha like you gotta show that like okay as soon as it becomes inconvenient and impossible for you to ignore People start actually fighting back with violence like the SUV thing and stuff like that like Also I also wasn't there supposed to be a general strike yesterday?
3: Yeah, that was uh, a
2: thing. I actually forgot about it, which I, didn't I think it. goes to show. Cause
1: I heard about it like uh, a month
3: ago. Like economic blackout.
2: Yeah. yeah. Oh
3: yeah, yeah. I heard about that. Yeah. But no yes. one covered it.
2: Hope. So what do you know? Did it? I hate you the wondered. media. News type does not hate Nicki Minaj. We do hate the media. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Because the media is the one that, like, you know, calls the shots on what's important and what isn't. To be honest, and it's like. And, and, and like honestly I, I think like one of the one of the best ways to like move forward with things like that and like to like get more people to like actually like do something when something important is going on especially when it's right around their neighborhood is to have uncomfortable conversations because a lot of people like one of the reasons that people prefer like not to do things it's is because like to some extent it breaches their comfort zone They're, they don't really feel comfortable like posting about it especially if they don't see anybody else doing the same thing so it's like they tend to, like, want to follow the crowd and, like, what the crowd is all upon. So mm-hmm. it's, like, it, 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 it's really good to have uncomfortable conversations, too, like, no matter how uncomfortable it gets because it gets through to them because they are starting to feel uncomfortable because they know what you're saying is true, but exactly. they don't really, like, you know, they don't necessarily, like, they're, they're trying to find ways to, like, basically, like, stay silent about things like
3: that. Uh, okay. It's like that saying that uh, life begins outside of your comfort zone. Like, Growth begins outside of your comfort zone. You can't really right. build towards positive change until you step outside of that. Mm-hmm.
2: And if they're not going to step outside, you bring your protest to their comfort zone. <laughs>
0: exactly. <Yeah. laughs> I think
1: I think it should be. I think talking about difficult things should be normalized because it would be easier to get people to do that kind of thing. Like I know we're talking about stepping out of your comfort zone. But like a lot of people need baby steps. And a lot of people, this is the first time they've ever had to do something this extreme. And even just talking about it is, is enough for them. So I feel like I feel like if we just all normalize talking about things that you don't want to talk about, that can have a, a big effect. It's just how do you do that? Politics usually starts a fight.
2: Well, that's the thing is people- that's an American thing. And that's, that's another thing I blame on the media is that our media is unlike a lot of countries and that our media specifically does polarize, not polarize, I don't think a lot of these things are necessarily polarized, but they are, they're bubbles. They create like really, really intense emotional <coughs> bubbles and present this idea that like anything is controversial. Like I'd, I'd say f- fake polarization and what the media does is it takes these like not actually controversial things at all, things that have a lot of agreement, And make it seem like it's super, super like partisan, uh, emotional, and that because of that, you need to shy away from it, you need to like simmer down. And that's not a thing that a lot of other countries media does. And so I think that the fact that our media specifically has done this Has caused a lot of people to be scared to have political conversations that most people would probably agree with them on or at the very least not super super argue with them about and so i think that and when you do that for long enough it does actually create a divide and so now we're seeing the real uh effects of what happens when people think that they can't talk about these things eventually gets to a point where they really can't talk about these things and we do need to fight past that you know struggle
0: through it and another thing about that is that like like, people don't really, like, talk or, like, you know, do anything to, like, make things known about, you know, said current situation. It's also because sometimes they just don't feel like it. Like, they're really, like, not in the mood to do it. Like, other people are just, like, sick and tired of hearing the same thing over and over. And I do, I, I do, it, like, understand um, that it, it it is okay to take a break from, you know, constantly talking about, like, today's politics and, like, you know the injustices that are going on in this country. It is absolutely okay to take a break from that because at the end of the day, your heart and your mind has to be right for you to even like do things like that in the first place.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: the problem that a lot of people have is that they do take a break, yeah, if, they were, if they were,
3: ever, you
1: know,
0: if they were if they were ever like actively involved in it the, and they're like are, and are taking a break now, like they usually take it a step forward and simply just like never come back to it. Mm-hmm. They just like. They're, they're just like, you know, I just don't feel like doing this anymore. And like, I'm done. And that's literally it. And like, a lot of people would be on that mentality, especially those who all they ever did was just like, share a post and like, write some thoughts here and there. And then that was literally, it. they didn't do anything else. So it's like, it's really easy for them to pull back and just be like, yeah, I'm over it. Like, I just want to like live life and I just want to like move on and all that stuff. And so they do.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think there's there's plenty of ways that people who are don't have the personality or the energy to go to protests can still help. They can right. be sharing things. They can be signing petitions and donating Join money. Join an
2: organization too, a lot yeah. of those like need people volunteering.
1: That's a, well, that's a problem because I like I think the me and the average person doesn't know the first clue doesn't even know that joining an organization is an option because right. that's not something you hear about and we need to hear we need to like bolster support for that kind of things like give people ways concrete ways that they can help out because not everybody knows where to go or has any direction until somebody tells them to and a lot of the time unless somebody unless they're you're directly already involved no one's going to tell you to do that
2: I actually will say, that's a problem I have with, I think there's a like, and this is a whole debate among organizers, is like, do you want like a, um, you know, God, I'm blanking on all the terms. Do you want like a a more uh, leadership-based approach where like there are clear people in charge and there's the hierarchy, which can cause issues, but in a lot of ways, makes it easier for new people to get involved. Like if they know like, okay, this is the person I talk to, this is what I do for them. Or do you take the sort of, um, God, is it horizontal? Is that the term? I'm sounding like such a fake leftist right now for not knowing this, fake but lefty. I, I think, yeah, like the um, the more like you do what you can and you do it when you can approach Uh, where there's no like clear leadership, which in a lot of ways is better for, you know, having everyone on equal footing, but may not be the easiest way for bringing new people into a movement uh, if they don't have experience knowing even the basics of like how they can volunteer their time.
0: Yeah, honestly, I think it, it, it would be, see, and it, it's not just about whether there should be hierarchy or or like, you know, equal like amount of authority. It's also about like how people would see said concept as well, because it's like, unfortunately, our history is riddled with hierarchies being taken, you know, featuring like leaders who are corrupt and like just take advantage of like the trust of people and all that. But we're getting to a point in time where we do have to band together and everybody has to have like some sort of responsibility and like some sort of leadership. But there also has to be like organization that comes with said leadership as well. So it's like like people should stop thinking it about uh, thinking about it as whether it's a hierarchy or not, and think about it as they're inexperienced about things like this, and there are people who are very experienced in things, and therefore it's okay to ask them for information. It's okay to trust them to lead you to you know where things have to go. Because right now we're we're at a point in time where. Nobody really, nobody who's actually, like, with the movement has the time to take their power for granted and just, like, you know, lead people who are also for the movement into, like, you know, corruption or, like, further dismaying, things like that. So it's, like, there has to be a balance of everybody having leadership and then, like, you know, a, a sort of, quote-unquote, hierarchy in within said movement as well. Because at the end of the day, if nobody really, you know, if nobody, like goes on this idea of hierarchy then nobody knows who to go to and everyone's just going to do their own thing and everybody's going to be on the on a different mindset there has to be someone or like a group of leaders to like set everyone on one mindset at a time so that we can better like achieve things effectively this isn't about like who's in power and who isn't in power this is about how we're all here for the same thing and therefore we need to streamline and sharpen our direction better you know
1: well, yeah, that's 100%. why I think Occupy was so successful because they kind of didn't have a hierarchy. Like, did you guys feel that there was a hierarchy? Because I didn't.
2: There was no hierarchy, but there were, there and were I think and this exactly. was good. there we were, were clear doing. people or to report to. Like, you knew, right, right, okay, right. this person knows what's going on. If I have a question, I can ask them and they will put me in the right direction. Or even if, even if people aren't asking, they every now and then use their presence to you like, okay, we're doing this now. And I think that Mm -hmm. that, and also I will say also the, the, when we, you know, held lines against police, it was most successful when there were clear people to be like, this is what you do. You get over here. Because the second that. Everyone was just like, "I'm going to go to this area of the gate and contribute in this way." Like a bunch of people would ditch one area that needed reinforcement, (laughs) you go to another area that needed reinforcement, and with no one clearly instructing people, like "you go here, you do this." We need you here. uh, A lot of times, it was the camp was a lot more susceptible to attacks. So, like, and and this is an argument that a lot of more, you know, authoritarian. left-leaning people take is that what there are I think there are a lot of benefits uh that I will advocate for for not having like as much um hierarchy but when it comes to very organized forces like the New York Police Department who know what they're doing and have had it set for decades uh yeah you're not just going to be able to resist them uh if everyone's just kind of doing their doing their what they think needs to be done in the moment
1: right and uh, I, think part of I oh sorry i was gonna say the reason that it was successful sorry. at occupy was because they would hold they would teach the people who knew what they were doing had clear direction and taught people who didn't know what to do what they were doing what to do so they were spreading their leadership and when leadership is big like that when there's not like two or three people on top and it's everybody teaching everybody then you get clear-cut organization and people kind of know what to do and
0: (laughs) all of what you guys are saying takes me back to mindset if you see it as this is a hierarchy you're going to automatically assume that one person is going to be on top and then some people will have a problem with that and that'll create conflict if people would get out of that mindset of what a hierarchy is despite the bad history it's had people wouldn't really have an issue doing set things that you guys both said because you guys are both right. There were people to go to for, for when, you know, the inexperienced didn't know what to do. And there were, and the ones who were experienced were definitely spreading their knowledge of what to do as well. So it's like when you change your mindset of this whole concept of hierarchy and actually understand that these people are not here to rule you, they're not here to command you, they're here more to like, help everyone reach the direction that we're all trying to get to or in an organized and efficient manner. Yeah. Then it's like central less, like than the concept of a hierarchy. So it's like that, that takes, you know, that, that all like ties into mindset. If you're on that mindset that, you know, you don't, you, especially if you're somebody who doesn't like the whole idea of authority, especially if you're that type of person, if you come with the mindset that, you know, there's not supposed to be a hierarchy, a hierarchy, and if there is, I'm not going to follow it. That just creates a lot more conflict, and then things can't get done because of conflict of point of view. So it's like people have to like also like do their part of the work because it is a two-way street. There shouldn't be like a, a strict like caste system at all, and there wasn't, you know, during that occupy. But people also have to like get out of the mindset that a hierarchy is completely and totally bad because hierarchies are supposed to technically serve for functional purposes It's not supposed to be for you know who rules this and like who commands that and who owns this and who gets that type of privilege it's just that human beings unfortunately made it you know be that way but when you think about it like and you actually think about like the logic behind it it's more organization and like you know leading into a direction and like streamlining that said direction especially people don't even know what direction is going in
1: mm-hmm. and um so I think a big, a good way to be successful with that is that uh, just to remember that you're all on equal footing. And I think part of that relies on the organizers to make sure that people know that. And they did at Occupy. They certainly made sure that everybody knew that nobody was above anybody else, That but, but the organizers right. knew what to do. So it becomes, right. it's less like, oh, we're in this hierarchy and this is my role and I'm less important than this person. It wasn't that at all. Right. It was. I don't know what to do, and this person does, so I'm going to trust them and take their work And with that trust, everybody was able to kind of come together and defend their own property. Well, Mm -hmm. you know, their space. Our
3: property. (laughs) Yeah, it's like everyone is equal, but when it comes to certain, it's like everyone is equal, but then when it comes to certain specialized circumstances or certain things are going on, then you turn to someone who has the knowledge in that, that area in that regard to guide you through it and that's when that's like when they have that authority
1: i have an idea about how we can um potentially get people more people on our side like how Stephen, you know how you said like people care a lot about celebrities i think if the mm-hmm. left united and kind of pressured celebrities with lots of money and by by extension lots of influence to like feel this way then it would help us a lot because i'm
2: saying we put oh so God, much effort right. into pressuring politicians and we're good at it but we we could do the same with pressuring like people with media influence but we don't um, and I, th- I think the left has and this problem. More
3: of, to listen. Yeah. I think
2: it's the good left good. has a problem of thinking we're going to win by just not everyone in the left, but definitely a lot of people I think have this idea that we're going to win by sheer virtue of being right and being organized. But it's like, no, sometimes you need to popularize your ideas to people who don't already agree with you. And that's a thing that yeah. we could easily put more effort into and probably get a lot of success from
1: doing. It's like, even if somebody yeah. is just doing it because the celebrity told them to do it they're still doing it like it's that <laughs> <I problem. laughs>
2: it's got more I than just they're not doing that maybe instead of having leftist movements get co-opted by capitalism the left co-opts capitalism next thing you know it's not even capitalism you didn't realize you were falling for the for the marxist trap all along
0: <laughs> i can imma- i can only imagine like people like doing things because the celebrity asked them to do it like They're just like posting on the caption, because she told me to. Yeah,
2: literally. <laughs> we already have
0: Britney Spears on our side. Like, we
2: easily really? could. Have. Rihanna and Britney them. Spears, if they like just combine their powers, if Rihanna and Britney Spears did a collaboration album called Capital and it's all about racial justice and defunding the police, abolishing the police, uh, creating socialism, you know how quickly we would get rid of capitalism. It would happen like overnight.
0: Oh, I think that's an
2: exaggeration.
0: Just that, like, I, actually, speaking of that, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the interruption. Speaking of, I was to say before I forget. Um, speaking of that, like there have been like various artists, Rihanna included, who like have made like songs about like racial injustices and like the problems with America. But it's like it's not just. It, it, it takes more than a celebrity. Like you know using their music to like bring awareness to that. They also have to constantly do it as well. The problem right. is that celebrity, while some, while certain celebrities may do it, they don't do it consistently enough for people to like continue to like share their music and like spread the message you've heard them. It's always that one song or like that one album and then like, you know, that song or album becomes old and it's no longer catchy and like people aren't really talking about it anymore. Like, the, um, I, I think the song by Rihanna called American Oxygen, um i i think that's what it's called but that song was really popular for some time but like nobody really talks about that song anymore and like i don't even think anyone like you know post that song even re- knows or remembers that song anymore and then like for example what what else what else what else um the 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 song this is america i knew you were gonna say that one yeah that song is actually still popular, but like you only hear that song surface when Black Lives Matter like resurfaces yet again in media coverage. That's the only time you hear people blasting that music. But like at the end of the day, like it's all it's always for the moment. And, and unless celebrities consistently like create content that revolves around things like that, it's not really going to like catch fire, you know, as much as it should.
1: Right. And I think that that's why I kind of feel like we need to set a standard for celebrities. Like people need to, to uh, group up and set this standard. If you're not doing enough, then we're not going to pay attention to you. But like, it, it's going to take a long time to get there. But if, if that becomes normalized and we say, okay, well, you clearly have a lot of money and can be doing things to help people in need. If you actually care about people, then you should be right. doing that. And if you're not, why should I give you my money? Like, why sh- Why should we, you know, support you at all if you're not going to set the standard, if you're not going to help people in need because those people include me and my friends and everybody else.
2: I feel like I'm going to technically end the show here because <laughs> I like what we've talked about and also I my battery's dying. I can stay on the call for a bit, but... If you're listening, just so you know, that was the final thing we're talking about. We're ending it here. Thank you for listening.
0: (laughs) Thanks for having us.
2: Yeah. I need to, like, do a better outro. I'll, fi- I'll figure it out.
0: I-, I don't know what I'm going to do, but that's I'm not, not that's I not
2: heard. the last. No, for me. <laughs> Just do the Thank basic God.
0: YouTube thing. Like, okay, guys, don't forget to like and subscribe. <laughs> share this video if you're interested. And check out my other videos, too.
2: <laughs> At News Type Radio
1: on Twitter. True. We're on Spotify. <laughs> we're on YouTube. Don't check be afraid to shamelessly plug. <laughs>